All right. Uh, well, I planned on, well, I almost did this on Sunday night, but, you know, Sundays are, you know, kind of always up in the air. So I didn't do it Sunday night. And then I was going to do it last night, but I was just a little tired after training. So I'm going to do this tonight. Uh, still a little tired, but let's go over uh, UFC 291. This is official recap. Uh, definitely was a crazy night. Uh, I, I think it was as to be expected. Did live up to the hype. There was a couple disappointing fights in there. Um, so it wasn't a total, uh, win of a card, but I think for the most part, we got a, we got a good card and something that, uh, you know, we were rightfully excited for, uh, starting with the main event. Uh, the main event was, uh, Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier for, uh, the BMF title. If you give a shit about that. Uh, I didn't really care that about that stupid belt, but uh, uh, it going in, or I don't know if you listened to the first episode in the preview, uh, I said that I thought that the altitude was going to be an issue and that later on in the fight, uh, just in case you would have an advantage. Turns out we didn't even get that far. So uh, definitely Gaethje, um has changed his style. And uh, seemingly out of nowhere, it seems like half, I, I won't say out of nowhere. So people weren't give, don't give Justin Gaethje enough credit. Um, he fought this way up until he fought for the belt against Habib. And then he seemed to throw that out the window. And uh, now he seems like he's back on it with this past fight uh, with Fiz- his fight against Fazeev. And now this fight here with Dustin Poirier, he's almost like changed his style completely, uh, making Dustin come to him um, in that first round. Uh, that was that was interesting to see. Um, he really seemed like he had a game plan, um, which is something that I think the past you wouldn't say about Justin Gaethje. Uh, and then eventually it, it leads to him getting a second round knockout, which with a crazy head kick, which. It's not surprising that Justin Gaethje would knock Dustin Poirier out. I think that the way in which he did it surprised everybody. Um, no one saw a head kick a la Kamara, a la Leon Edwards on Kamara Usman um, in the same building. Uh, that was definitely a shock, but man, he did. He looked good. Uh, Justin Gaethje, he really seems like when he puts his mind to it, um, he's a scary guy. He's a scary guy. But it was very interesting to see. He was making Justin fight. Uh, he was making Dustin fight coming towards him in that first round. Um, I think he was picking him apart early. And then Dustin had some moments. Um, he hurt Justin with one shot that clipped him on the eye. And it, it seemed like Justin couldn't see. Uh, Gaethje couldn't see for a lot of the first round. And Dustin was taking advantage. And it, lo- it looked like it was going to be bad for for Justin Gaethje uh in that in that first round he kept dipping his head into into body kicks um which uh Mike Brown Dustin Poirier's coach called on in the in between rounds uh, he caught on to that um and that seemed like that was going to be Justin Gaethje's Achilles heel was him dipping his head um but he he started off good in that first round he started getting picked apart in the middle of the round and then he sort of came back on at the end of the first and then he took that momentum into the second and then that that minute before he he landed the head kick 
Um, but yeah, really impressive performance. Maybe arguably the most pre- impressive performance of his career. Uh, it's either that or it's the Tony Ferguson fight. Um, or, or I mean, you could even say his last fight against against Fazeev was also uh, very impressive, giving the danger of taking that fight. But um, I think that a lot of people real re-realize that Justin Gaethje is not, you know, some meme like <laughs> a lot of people like to downgrade him to. He's a legit fighter. He's he's one of the pound for pound better best fighters uh in the world. Maybe he's not top 15, maybe he's somewhere in that top 25, top 20. He's a bad motherfucker and uh I I I feel like a lot of people forgot that. Um and and he proved it on on Saturday. Now where and I think I mentioned this on Friday was I, I feel like he's, this was a little bit, the winner of this fight was in a little bit of a weird spot because there's no guarantee that you're going to get the title shot in, coming up. We have Oliveira and Islam are rematching and you have the looming danger that Alex Volkanovsky is going to move up and challenge for the belt again. Um, so with that in mind, it was a little bit weird um, for either one of these guys, whether they won or lost, uh, to envision that w- whether they were going to get the title shot or not. Um, so... With that said, I don't think Justin Gaethje is guaranteed a title shot. Uh, I feel like he is de- deserves one. He deserves a title shot, but he has to be rooting for Islam to win the rematch against Oliveira because he's never fought Islam. He's already lost to Oliveira, and obviously you have the Volk. You have the Volk uh, looming danger, but I will say that it's more likely he gets the title shot if Islam wins versus if Oliveira wins. So, if I was Justin Gaethje, I'd be rooting for Islam Akashev in that rematch. Um, you don't want the fear of, you know, you already fought Charles Oliveira and lost decisively, so you get passed over. Um, that's definitely something to worry about if you're Justin Gagey. Okay, moving on to the co-main event, and sorry if I just stumbled, I just heard something as I was in the middle of my thought. That was why I was uh, stuttering there. Uh, Alex Perez uh, fights Jan Blachowicz in the co-main event. Uh, That was not a fight that... That was one of the more... That was one of the disappointing fights on the night. Uh... Pereira and Blahovich both seem to be Blahovich in particular. He's got to have one of the more questionable resumes, um, in of of guys that you would call you know a world class league fighter. But that's neither here nor there. Um, it was just not. It, it seemed like it was a match made in heaven, but it it really wasn't. Uh, Blahovich takes him down early, doesn't take advantage, gets on his back. Pereira really didn't show that great of grappling defense, um, but manages to survive, manages to 
get to the second round. Um, really just kind of kicked off uh, Jan's legs, um, made it more of a kickboxing match, with which John Blahovich seemed to engage in, and that was his downfall. And I didn't have anything wrong with the judging. I felt like it was going to be a split decision when they went to the cards because it was, you know, kind of close, kind of boring. Um, but where we go from here is, and someone asked me this question, uh, I feel like it's pretty obvious. We got to have Alex Pereira's got to fight Yuri Prochka. And that fight should be made probably, it'll probably be made before the end of the year. I know that Prochka's almost done recovering with his uh, surgery. People have said October, November, December, probably more likely for December. Um, I will say that if Usman, if, uh, Edwards and Covington isn't added as the co-main event to that Jones-Miocic card, uh, I feel like you want to have a strong main event in that slot because you're not guaranteed that either John Jones or Stipe Miocic is showing up <laughs> to Madison Square Garden in November. Um so does that fit the bill? I don't know. Edwards and Covington would be a more suitable main event in in in, in that case. But uh, yeah, no, I would expect that uh, per, it's pretty obvious that Pereira and Prochka are going to be fighting for the undisputed title um, sometime before the end of the year. And if I'm being honest with you, I, I really don't see a fight in which Prochka doesn't walk right into a Alex Bahia, uh left hook unless he gets the fight down to the ground quick. Um, just knowing the way that Prochka fights, um, it, it's it's all the more likely that Pereira wins, in, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. It really wasn't an entertaining fight. really wasn't a noteworthy fight. It was quite boring. It was quite frustrating to watch at some points in time. But uh, So we go on. Uh, obviously, uh, I believe it was... Der- yep, Derek Lewis was next. Uh, he Or third on the card, I should say. Uh, he fights uh, Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. Uh, comes out with a flying knee, which was insane. Um, and, and gets the, gets the early stoppage, uh, about 30 seconds in, if it was 34 seconds in or somewhere around there. Um, man, and no one knew that he was a free agent, uh, coming in after this. Um, that's definitely kind of disheartening to hear. Hopefully the UFC, um, keeps, keeps him in there. He's really entertaining though. I could see PFL spending a boatload of money trying to get him to fight Francis Ngannou. But we'll see. I mean, if the UFC wants to keep all these guys, that's the thing is that, you know, it's almost kind of weird whenever we talk about free agents and said like, you know, well, they're going to get more money going there. Well, it's like, you know, technically, I mean, really, if the UFC wants to pay these guys, they can pay these guys. They can pay, they can outbid uh, the ones and, and the, the PFLs and the Bellators if they want to. Um, so we'll see. If, if if they think that Derek Lewis is worth overpaying, uh, they'll do it. So so we'll see. And, and he sounds like he wants to stay. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see more of uh, the Black Beast in, in the future uh, because that was another entertaining performance. He gets on the mic. He says crazy shit. It's, it's, it's hysterical. It's awesome. He's f- tremendous to watch. 
Uh, Tony Ferguson and Bobby Green, another one that was uh, somewhat kind of disappointing. Uh, I mean, I had said going in that I would have taken Tony on the betting odds. I still kind of stood by that because, I mean, early on I thought Tony did okay. He went for that takedown early in, uh, early on, uh, almost ended up on Bobby Green's back. Never really went back to the wrestling, uh, which was weird. Uh, he also talked about how that eye poke affected him and I, I i do believe him to some degree i do i do believe him but the frustrating thing is that he took you know 90 seconds out of a possible five minutes uh to recover from the eye poke and you know you, you can't bitch and complain about the eye poke affecting your vision if you weren't you're allowed this all this time to recover and you're you don't take it so it a little di- and little disappointing performance there from Tony uh, as the fight went on. It just seemed like he was in molasses and Bobby Green was just way faster. Even though I will say that every time Tony landed, it was definitely having an effect on Bobby. Tony definitely seemed like he was the bigger, stronger guy. Uh, Bobby just was just too fast for him. And it, it, it just ended up picking him apart by the end of the fight. And then eventually... Uh, he gets Tony on the ground and and submits him or with puts him to sleep with a choke, which I don't think anyone ever saw coming. I don't remember what the odds were for Bobby Green by submission, but if I had a time machine, I would go back in time and make that bet because <laughs> that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. And then speaking of submission artists getting submitted. Michael Chiesa gets submitted by Kevin Holland in the first fight. And this was the real disappointment one to me because this was like, I thought I had a read on that one where I thought Chiesa was going to just take Holland down, um, beat him up and, you know, tire him out and then maybe get the finish late second, early third, whatever, somewhere in there. Uh, he that was that was not a good performance from Michael Chiesa, and it makes you want think that maybe he should think about hanging him up as well. Um, yeah, that was that was a real dis- disappointing fight. Uh, Chiesa just looked out of his league uh, from the get go, and uh, ultimately leads to Kevin Holland getting the submission victory. So, well, that was the recap uh, for two ninety one. Um, like I said, I'm going to try and keep these... Re- I think the best uh, way to go about this is uh, the recaps will be a little bit more open-ended. Um, on Instagram, I'll post some, you know, what should I talk about, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the previews will be a little bit more structured. Um, so I had already answered one about how uh, the light heavyweight division should go forward. Uh, another question I got was, uh, talking about Bud Crawford and, uh, his dominating win over Errol Spence. Now I never, I have not seen the whole fight. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of highlights though. And I will say that, uh, Bud Crawford, it's, it's a shame he's not a bigger star than he, than he is. Cause he, he ought to be, he ought to be a huge star. Um, I got, uh, boxing's kind of needed a guy like that for a while. Um, you know, guy that's clearly the pound for pound best fighter in the world and he finishes people and he puts on entertaining fights and he's, you know, he's got the bravado and everything like that. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he, he's great. Um, it's a little bit disappointing that his, 
big fight with Daryl Spence gets overshadowed by the UFC card. Um, but man, if, if whatever they need to do to make sure that he doesn't run off and retire or whatever, they, they need to do it because it's, he's, he's, he's a treat to watch. And, uh, like I said, boxing's needed a guy like that for a while. Um, you know, Floyd was a big, huge draw, but you know, he never got the exciting finishes like this guy does. And, and I think I, I underestimated uh, how much of how ruthless he was as he gets later on into the fight. Um, I, I thought that he would win uh, on the cards. Uh, but he does have a history of pouring it on guys later on in the fight, a la, you know, Vasily Lomachenko-ish sort of type. Um, and, man, he just put it on Errol Spence from beginning to end, and you know, he ends up getting the finish. And I mean, I, I picked Bud Crawford because I, I mean, I just think that Errol Spence, you know, A, I think Bud's just a better boxer. And then two, you know, you got to take into effect that Errol Spence had the, that eye thing. And then he also had the, you know, the car accident. So, you know, a lot has gone on with Errol Spence. I don't, I don't think that was the best version of Errol Spence that fought that night. Uh, but I don't think it would have mattered anyway. I think Bud probably would have finished him. Uh, regardless, because that was just a hell of a performance. So that will be the end of this episode. Uh, like I said, we will continue on. I'll do a preview for uh, a biased opinion here. Uh, someone that I know personally, Rob Vaughn, he's fighting um, in Nashville this week against Corey Sanhagen, big fight. Um, we'll preview that on Friday. Uh, so... Yeah, take care. Have a good one.